Hello and welcome to The Bright Side. I am uh, Dr. Joel Hunter and I'm here with my dad. Dr. Joel Hunter. We are the we doctors stutter. Joel Hunter. That's right. Uh, that we're, we're the Ditto Brothers. The, 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 that, is, that is one of our names, the Ditto Brothers. We just, just made it into just the studio. barely made it. I, I, always, I always assumed, and probably with other radio shows, it is a, a very highly organized, orchestrated event. Uh, what it was for us was that uh, about three minutes ago, we were standing outside the building being like, how do we get in? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Do you have any phone numbers we can call? I uh, I ran straight out of clinic. I just I was in I was in surgery for the entire day, and then and then had some patients at the end of the day, and then rushed out. And I was like, I'm gonna make it. And then I saw a very bad sign of of my dad standing outside because he's always <laughs> already in. And they got some pretty uh, pretty tight security at iHeart Radio. They uh, they really at, at 1025. They they run a tight they lock ship. her down. This is this is a very valuable place. Uh, yes, yeah. our, our it's our, a kind of community treasure. It, it yeah, is. Yeah, it and is. so it's locked. And it's uh it's it's kind of tauntingly all glass, so we could look in. <laughs> I could look in to see the restrooms that I needed to use, <laughs> but I couldn't touch. Right. I had a real Samuel Tyler Coolidge thing going. Restrooms everywhere. Not a one to go in. Uh, it was it was sad. So uh, anyway, we're here now, and uh, and so Pop asked me, you know, uh, hey, is there is there anything uh, interesting uh, that happened this week? And uh, I was still out of breath from running over, and I was like, no, no, I, didn't, I can't think of can't think of anything. Really, we called all the numbers, uh, and so. Um, but how about you, Pop? Anything well, I, interesting in your world? Your mama and I went to the YMCA prayer breakfast this morning and uh, uh, down at First Baptist. It was awesome. The YMCA is just one of those organizations that I just am such a big fan of. Um, and um, I've, I, since I was speaking there, I, I, I went on Wikipedia to learn about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, it started out as a Christian organization, Young Men's Christian Association. Um, but it all it, it has always been for look at this this phrase. It was an expression of muscular Christianity. Huh? Muscular. Mm-hmm. I love that word um, because it was all about uh, activity and activism and learning and body, mind, and spirit, and so on and so forth. And some of their original work was uh, to create low cost low cost housing, which you know is a big deal with me. Uh, for young men and women who were coming in from rural parts um, of the country. Um, and so I went right in from that to talk about uh, uh, talk, talk about the challenge with homelessness in Central Florida. And, uh, but it was, it was great, and I was reminded, you know, when I traveled in China, the probably, China. Yeah, probably the most respected Christian institution in China is the YMCA. That's really – you know, I, I am – uh, ignorant enough of the YMCA, which is sad because I worked out there when I was in, in in med school. But I, you know, knew the song, uh, and then, <laughs> but as but as far as I, uh, that's how I knew that's how, that's how I knew that it existed in the first place. And then and then, but it was really nice because in med school. Um, you, you, you're so poor, uh, that, I mean, yeah. you just, you, you don't have, uh, there's, there's not like a, well, let's, I'll do this for $10 a month, but they, they really, they helped out. You know, it was one, it was the reason that, uh, it's the reason I still really like them. But that said, I did not know, uh, that it was outside of the United States. That's really oh, interesting. They're a global organization. And, uh, and as I said, I've, I've talked with <clears throat> Chinese officials, um, who of course are communist and atheist, 
but they have such respect for the for for the YMCA in China because of the social work they do there. That's really interesting. And they do so much good in the community that they really respect people it. respect muscles. They respect That's muscular right. muscular Christianity. Christianity. If I ever get into uh, professional wrestling, that's going to be my name. <laughs> Weighing in at 169 pounds, muscular Christianity. <laughs> I, would, I got a whole I would, thing going. I would pay to see that. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll, that'll be really, really good. Um, is, the, is the prayer breakfast something that they do? Is it? I didn't it's even know. Yeah, huh. it's, it's how many, my, your mama's in the room. How many years? 16 years they've been doing it now. And, you cannot uh, stump Becky Hunter yeah, with trivia. Yeah, you can't. She's yeah. way ahead. Yeah, I, uh, they so they they do it. It's is, and it's like a national thing. Is that is that how that works? Well, it's each local chapter does their own or regional. I guess it's regional. Uh, but yeah, in in Orlando, it's been done here, and a lot of the the uh, leaders of our community go to it. It's it's just kind of a neat thing. So anyhow, it's fun to be there. That's really neat. You know the prayer breakfast thing. It's. <clears throat> It's it's common enough that you uh, you don't really think about it, but that is uh it's it's just it's interesting that that's like a thing the prayer like no one has prayer dinners prayer lunches but like there are prayer breakfasts for a lot of different organizations because I know you went to the White House prayer breakfast a bunch of times yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, there and, were two there, there was there was a um, there was a national prayer breakfast that is just filled every year with people from like 120 countries you know. Um, and, um, and then there was always an Easter prayer breakfast for as long as President Obama was, uh, in, um, and your mama and I had the privilege of sitting beside uh, President Obama every year. Yeah, that's cool when you uh, get there and then you've got your name placard uh, to the right oh, side. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like a, a big deal yeah, in those rooms. That's a big deal. Getting, a, getting this stink eye from Al Sharpton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's my seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He was always that, in the room. That's, yeah, that's not even from you. That's just from just from observing photos of the breakfast. I I saw the dynamic. I I was I was very aware. That's uh, that's really neat. That's uh, uh, so still still doing the prayer breakfast yep. thing. That's uh, that's really cool. Um, so um, I'm trying to think if anything. Um, I didn't go to any prayer breakfast this uh, this week or anything. Did did some cataract surgery and some LASIK. But my world's really kind of just uh, that, and my kids. Those are the two big well, things going on. Those are big deals. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's there's this uh, there's a retreat thing that um, is going on for Hunter Vision staff, and uh, I was uh, I was going to go, and I looked it up last night, and uh, it was an hour and a half round trip, and I had surgery today, and I was like. I think I'll probably just uh, yeah. miss out on that one. So, boy, did I get a long night's sleep last night. And, oh, that's awesome! And in a way, you know what? That was that was good. That was because uh, I uh, people like that when you've had surgery. It's amazing the number of people that ask you, "Did, did you, you get a good did night's you sleep? Get a good night's and sleep? did yeah. you drink?" Yeah, that, those are the two. Those are the two big ones. And then they say, you know, are you? Famed wrestler, muscular Christianity. Those are the three ones because people just recognize. Yeah, me. of course. Um, all right, so um, we are we're going to need to cut to our first break here in a moment. Um, uh, any teasers you want to oh, give about our, our I have amazing? Scoured, I have scoured the city for one of the most renowned leaders, and if Orlando had a Mount Rushmore, mm. this man's face <laughs> I like would that. be on that mountain. I like that. that yes. is, that's really really good. All right, I am excited to meet our guest when we get back, and uh, and then Pop will tell you about him. We'll see you in a few minutes.
Welcome back to The Bright Side. I am here with my dad. We are uh, Joel Hunter and Joel Hunter. And uh, before the break, if you're just checking in with us, Pop was telling me about um, a, a guest that we have here today of, of superhero proportions. <laughs> That's right. Uh, someone who just, uh, no matter how many times he takes it off, a cape reappears on his back. <laughs> That's right. He can't do anything about it. So, Pop, who, who's here today? This is... Dick Batchelor. Now, anyone who lives in general area or in Florida um, probably knows that name. Um, he is, you know, the list of the fifty most powerful. You know, I get a, I get on that every once in a while. But Dick lives on that list. He is a permanent life member. I mean, <laughs> literally a permanent life member. He's been on it so many times. Uh, but Dick um, has been Central Floridian of the Year, Businessman of the Year. Um, he stir- served in the state legislature. Um, um, there's just all kinds of things that he has done uh, to serve our community, and he's on all of the major boards uh, in the community. See, this um, explains so much because I was excited when you said who who we were going to be talking to next week because I I mean I could not live with my head more underground because I just have this you know like I said I'm just you know I'm either in clinic or with my kids. But I, I know that name. You yeah. know, I, I knew See? that name. And so the, today's exciting for me to get to find out um, the, man, the man behind the name. The you know, man the, uh, behind the name. The, the man behind the power. The man, right. the myth, the legend. <laughs> so, Dick, tell us about, first of all, give us a little bit about your background and how you got interested in public service. Well, first of all, can I just say thank you for having me. It's Joel and Joel's show is like doing Daryl and my brother Daryl. I mean, that's right. Mother brother Daryl. Mother brother Daryl. And then you, you had, uh, Joel, Doctor Hunter, pointed out that we had a tough time getting in. I finally uh, figured it out during the introduction. They saw a recovering politician approach, <laughs> approaching the building. <laughs> it's iHeartRadio. Politicians don't have hearts, so it just, it just didn't work out. So I'm, I was I was the reason that we're almost. Uh, I see. Well, good. I'm glad we have an explanation. Uh, but my, I got involved uh, really uh, not until I got back from Vietnam. I had volunteered for the Marines uh, uh, while I was still in high school at Evans back in 1966, which shows you I'm not that smart. <laughs> The volunteer, but I served a tour, a tour in Vietnam. Wow. And it wasn't th- until then that I really started kind of weighing, you know, the, uh, the, the gravitas of life itself, mm-hmm. right? And then I got back from Vietnam and started going to college at Valencia, started out at Valencia, had the GI oh. Bill, uh-huh. and then finished there and then went to FTU at the time, now UCF. But during my time on campus, I started reading and learning and, uh, and, uh, and really, really thought there. I really saw politics as a tool to get things done. Public policy yeah. was kind of my, what I focused on. And so I had always been involved in uh, uh, really advocacy issues, you know, mm-hmm. uh, human services kind of things, disabled, you know, child abuse legislation, domestic violence legislation, those kind of things. So that was always my passion, not people passion, I guess, not to be trite, but I think people passion was kind of what drove me in public policy. How long did you How long did you serve in the state legislature? Well, I was elected when I was twenty six. Wow! I served four terms, so I Holy was uh, eight years. Yeah, I was uh, in there for eight years. And, wow! Uh, served, chaired a number of committees in in the House and uh, everything from education to finance and tax to environmental issues to conservation, just uh, across the board. And then when I was uh, one of the funny things is when I was uh, twenty nine years old. My second term, I was appointed as the chairman of the Select Committee on Aging. 
<laughs> at 29 years old. Of course. And one of the uh, icons with whom I worked was, of course, Senator Claude, well, they call him Senator, uh, Claude Pepper. The oh, late Claude Pepper. So yeah, I yeah. had a chance to work with him, and President wow. Carter appointed me to the White House Conference on Aging in 1980. And so I went because I was the chair of the Select Committee on Aging. And, of course, Claude Pepper was, at the time, the chairman of the Joint House-Senate Committee on Aging. And over dinner one night, and at the time, he had to be in his 70s And at this time. And uh, I said, uh, Senator Pepper, I said, you know, you're the chairman of the Joint Committee on Aging. And, uh, you know, you're whatever age he was at the time. And I said... I'm 29 years old on chair of the select committee agent, so I, I guess I beat you by 50 years. So <laughs> he did laugh, fortunately. But I, I've had a, a lot of blessings in, uh, in public policy and just a lot of experiences. What, what tilted your—now, you and I have served on um, the, um, the national— um, Oh, CEHN. Yeah, the Children's uh, Environmental Health Network. Yeah, yeah. the Children's Environmental right. Health Network. Right. Um, and you really have a heart. Uh, you've always had a heart for the vulnerable, which is why you're one of my favorite guys, because that's what um, that's what this show is about. It's it's to help people help people. Um, uh, but what kind of tilted your your mindset toward helping children? You know, I think part of it uh, uh, is probably my background. Uh, I came from a violent household, mm. uh, alcoholic household. And I say that now because my mother's passed, since passed, of mm-hmm. course. My father uh, died several years ago. But I, th- I think that gave me some sensitivity yeah. to mm-hmm. kids who might be might be at risk. Yeah. And, um, and whether or not it's on the environmental side, we all looked at, as you know, like endocrine disruptors, things that would disable children in the environment, uh, which was uh, um, irreplaceable, right? So I, I've always— Gravitated towards it, and then I grew up in public. How my actually, my parents were tobacco farmers in North Carolina. Oh, was, for my first hmm. several years of life, I was working in tobacco fields. We were uh, sharecroppers, which means you don't you share the crop, you don't own anything. We hmm. moved from farm to farm. Wow! So uh, I came to grow up with that. Moved to Orlando, and I lived in Reese Terrace, which is public housing uh, on South Street. And the irony is of that. Now I currently have uh, been appointed by. Mayor Dyer several years ago to, to the Orlando Housing Authority, which Reeves Terrace, the public housing project in which I oh my live, is yeah. part of our property. Yeah, huh. it so comes it's kind of neat circle. and reflection. It comes I used to uh, talk during campaigns about my background, and I would say, well, I lived in public housing until my father got rich and we moved to Orla Vista. Well, if you know where Orla Vista is, you obviously that was not a quantum leap. I think our house cost $8,000 yeah. back then. And so I'd always been exposed to you know some of the some of the poverty, yeah, uh, some of the violence, and so I would just I, I just kind of migrated, and, and I would you have know, to say there's finally, a, there's a saying so, I don't want to interrupt you, but I don't want this is too good to pass. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend T D Jakes. Oh yes, oh yeah, mm-hmm. T D Jakes. To my friend T D Jakes, he says your mist and your your ministry is in your misery. Your oh, ministry yeah. is ministry. in your misery. I'm gonna try I'm gonna practice during the commercial break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds like him. It sounds like him. So I think some exposure to that and growing up in poverty and all, I it was just a sensitive. But I have to say the finally though, in fact, I should have put it at the top of the list, my mother's influence. She was a 
great lady. We were in church twice on Sunday at the Baptist Church. Is that right? Wednesday night on the Baptist Church and royal ambassadors. Oh, yeah. And oh, then, yeah. then I grew up and married uh, a, uh, a former Catholic, and so we became Methodists. Yeah, well, you know, you got to— That's a <laughs> hybrid. That's we are the world. That's a hybrid Baptist. That's a hybrid? <laughs> that's a hybrid Baptist. Well, our wedding, we had uh, Jim Henry. Uh, oh, yeah, my friend. And, of course, it had to be conducted by—it was Rollins College, so the chaplain must conduct the service, help conduct the service, and that was Dr. Wettstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, who was a chaplain at the time, and they're congregationalists. So I had a Baptist, a congregationalist. I had Father Joe on my wife's side, and I mentioned uh, Jim Henry. So we had a, I should have had a rabbi bless the food. <laughs> how many, so how many, how many officiants did you have in your, how many people married you? Just one, Andrea. Okay. Oh, you oh, yeah. oh, touche. 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 Right. He's here all I need a rim shot button on this. And thing. I'm, and I'm still good. a bachelor, but leave it, leave it at that. Okay. No, uh, we, we had uh, one, two, we had three. We had three <clears throat> participate. Oh, Becky and I did too, didn't we, Beck? Yeah, um, great. We, uh, that's why we're still married. Because. You know, have well, you got blessed three, three, time, a, three, a bunch of people. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a gaggle of a, ga- a gaggle what, what, of ministers. What is a bunch of ministers? A gaggle a, is a, a group. A, 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 a gag. I don't know. A gag. <laughs> a, a blessing. <laughs> well, I, a I blessing know, of ministers. I, I don't know how much time we got uh, before <laughs> the break here, but I do want uh, just to begin down the road. Your um um initiating, along with several other community leaders, something that is already um, in several other communities in in Mm -hmm. Florida, uh, and that is a children's trust Mm -hmm. fund, Mm -hmm. or you're advocating for one. Yes, sir. Um, And I'd love to have you explain that to us, the need for that, and maybe even um, as we as we go through the explanation, some of the complications of that, why some okay. people might not be for it, okay. um, as well as why it's needed in our community. Well, uh, <clears throat> in conclusion, because I know we're going to a break, I Children's <laughs> Services Council, there are eight in the state, eight counties have them, all the metropolitan areas. In addition to metropolitan areas, you've got Okeechobee County, Martin County. And essentially, by state law, you, the county commission can put on the ballot for the voters to vote on, whether or not the voters want to vote to increase the property tax up to a half a mil and raise money solely for children's services. Now, half a mil, could you explain that real quickly? Well, half a mil would be, if you had a $250,000 home uh, with the homestead exemption, you would pay about $100 a year. And that would raise $58 million in new money for children's services. Okay. So that's the hmm. concept in a nutshell. And then uh, once we come back from the break, uh, what, what would be helpful is to go through what are those services. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back to The Bright Side. This is uh, Joel Hunter and Joel Hunter, and we are here today with Dick Batchelor, who We're talking to him about... Uh, He's one of those the, the most interesting man type of people where this this unbelievable the opposite of a draft dodger volunteered to be in Vietnam came back and and then uh, went through school and then realized kind of you wanted to influence policy and you wanted to help people you wanted to help those that were vulnerable uh, because you know your your childhood was not uh, ideal in every way and uh, as Pop pointed out T D Jakes once said 
Well, I'm going to try again. Your ministry is in your misery. <laughs> right. no, that's, that's not Better. good. I mean, you know, I, I've had a little bit of a cold. Um, I'm going to get him over here to coach yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And you need, it, he, need, he needs to work on your attire, too. You're just not dressed. <laughs> no, like I'm, not, I'm not dressed well enough. That is, that is very true. Um, and, so, uh, and so anyway, but before we uh, left for the break, you were talking about um, this, this idea of this uh, children's trust. Trust, correct. Yeah. Now, um, I know every detail of it, but pretending I was an idiot uh, and, and didn't even know and only understood the word children out of that. Um, what the, the idea is in general to raise taxes to help create uh, money for services. Um, what, what does that what does that entail? What what stuff is is targeted specifically at kids? You know, um, because I think people agree. Like they, most people want to help kids yes. unless they're jerks. Uh, <laughs> you know, people don't have the same worry about people taking advantage of the system and stuff because right. you know they're they're eight years old. Right. Um, what, what's in, what's involved in that? Well, and the children's trust as I mentioned again uh, before the break, it basically is an opportunity for the voters to make a decision on whether or not they want to impose this tax on themselves to fund children programs. And the men again, I mentioned it would raise fifty eight million dollars, which by the way, doesn't count how much federal dollars and state dollars would be matched. Mm-hmm. But the, the, we're looking, let me just give you some examples. We have 11,000 abused children in Orange County. We're the number one county in the state for child abuse. Wow. Most wow. of those kids receive no services. Now, the Howard Phillips Center in Orange County does provide some services, child protection teams, child abuse prevention, that kind of thing. As another example, we have 2,700 kids on the waiting list for what we call uh, early childhood education. And as you know, uh, and both of you know, if you don't get to that child with an opportunity to be educated mm-hmm. before the third grade, likely you're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. So that was a, another issue. 25% of the kids in Orange County live below poverty, which mm-hmm. is a, a big issue. We have a seventh, We have 10,000 children in our public school system who are homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, 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 and health care. Fortunately, we do have programs uh, like Shepherd's Hope, Mm-hmm. Uh, which was started by my minister, mm-hmm. Bill Barnes, former minister, Bill Barnes. And, uh, and they provide health care to the working poor. These are people who go to these clinics who do not qualify for Medicaid and cannot afford insurance. So and they see thousands of people a year. Their number of children going to Shepherd's Hope has increased 40% in one year. Hmm. No health care coverage. So wow. it's an array of services. And the Children's Services Council, once it's appointed, uh, basically looks at the needs, looks at programs that work. This is very, very important. Looks at programs that have efficacy, that really do work, that can move the needle, and look at the kind of the continuum to see if there are gaps out there. But they really look at programs, again, they're they're very empirically based and data-driven. It's just not, I'm going to give you this money and God bless you. It's gonna. You have to prove. You have to demonstrate empirically that these programs work. So, Dick, let me let me ask you this: You and I are on the the uh, Florida Hospital, the Chick Board, the, yes. the Community Health mm-hmm. Impact mm-hmm. Council, or whatever the last uh, C is. Um, and you know, once a quarter, we we receive proposals mm-hmm. for innovative health initiatives to the community. Would this Children's Council do something like that? Very interesting. Very interesting. First of all, I'm glad your wife is here because you just announced you're on the chick board. So I, I, don't know. Know, I don't know what that means. I don't <laughs> I know. know what that means. It's not like it sounds, Beck. It's not no, like so it it's, it's, yeah, it's a Community health improvement is what it stands for. Right? Okay. And, uh, and I'm going to stick with that line. 
But the, <laughs> the, the answer is yes. In fact, as we applicants come to us and say, well, in fact, we've given money to to the county for what they call wraparound orange, and that they've got some federal dollars called SAMHSA dollars, and basically they identify young children who have mental health needs. I'm, I'm talking four, five, six, wow. seven-year-old children who have needs. So we gave them money for that. We've given them money to Aspire, which provides alcohol, drug boost, mental health services in Orange County to supplement what they're trying to do. So it's supplemental to what we do because we have these unmet needs. And to the question is, some commissioners, county commissioners, have not yet been convinced to put this on the ballot to let the voters vote on it. By the way, we did a poll, and 62% of the people favored it. Mm. 83% of the people said, let us vote on it. Mm. Give us a right to vote yeah. uh, on it. So we are co- trying to convince the commissioners. And so we're, there's some resistance about, quote, an independent taxing authority. But again, eight counties have these, number one. And number two, very quickly, of the 10-member Children's Services Council that would be appointed, one is the superintendent of schools, one is the juvenile j- judge, one is the actual county commissioner, or it could be the mayor of Orange County. And then you've got five appointments who the governor appoints, but he must appoint them from the name submitted to him by the county commission. So mm-hmm. the county commission have it, has influence you know, over the who's going to be appointed to this Children's Services Council. So when you're saying uh, to to put it on the ballot, it's something you're trying to convince to put on the ballot. Right. Um, what What's involved in putting something on the ballot? What, what has right. to happen for something to show up on the ballot right. to vote about it? Excellent question. Now you have to, we have to get four county commissioners out of seven hmm to agree to vote, to then just vote to put it on the ballot. And then it goes to the ballot, and then the voters get to have a big, healthy debate and decide whether or not they want to do it. But right now, we're trying to get four. We're trying to get the mayor uh, along with the, well, either the mayor and three commissioners or four commissioners without the mayor if she doesn't want to support it. And, and look, I want to hasten to point out, a county commissioner could very publicly say, while I have some res- reservations about an de- independent taxing district, mm-hmm. I would never oppose the voters' right to make their decision. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. one debate you can't win. Yeah. I mean, you sure. you can never win the debate by saying, I, I will not allow the voters to express their opinion yeah. on an issue. Particularly in today's environment, voters don't trust government as an institution, and they want the right to vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what would be some of the you – know, just let me play the – uh, I don't want to play the devil's advocate. I, 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 was, it made me nervous there. I, I, never, I never want to play the devil in any part. The devil's advocate was actually my nemesis in my wrestling days when I was oh. muscular, muscular Christianity and the devil's advocate. That's right. You guys went at it all, all, the, time. Of, all the time. Some I, big I WrestleMania 17. I, yeah. I think C.S. Lewis must have written something about you, or the both of you, right? <laughs> all right. Sorry, go ahead. But what would be some reasons that people might say, I'm not big on this? I agree. I think somebody could say, look, it's a property tax increase, even though it's only a half a mil. And as I indicated, uh, the average homes in Orange County is $250,000. This tax would be under $100 a year new money. So that reservation, and one reservation, do these programs really work? And that's why we stress that that they're data-driven programs. In fact, this Children's Services Council, once it's appointed, <clears throat> will identify these gaps, will identify programs that work, and they have to come back to the county commission every year and present a, perform- a what they call a programmatic audit mm. and then a fiscal audit. So, you know, so it guarantees the people that these programs are not just giving money out. We're trying mm-hmm. to, we're, the proverbial, we're trying to 
It's a hand up, not a hand out. We're mm-hmm. trying to help mm-hmm. people. And keep in mind, Belvin Perry says it well. He's involved with us, the former chief judge. And he says it well. If you don't spend money up front, uh, we will see these children in the juvenile system yeah. and, mm-hmm. the, and the adult yep. system. Yep. Remember the old oil fam I commercial? I do. Pay me now or pay me later. Pay yeah. me now. It was an oil fam commercial. You're too young, but uh, not you, Joel Sr., but, you're <laughs> yeah. young. but really? it was pay me now or pay me later, which means invest now hmm. or pay me later. What we demonstrate, what is the cost, and this is something that voters have every right to know, what is the cost avoidance of a program? If I spend $1 on early childhood education, the cost savings is $8. Mm-hmm. It, you can demonstrate very clearly, if you don't intercede with these abused children, they will be back uh, before you, the juvenile system, which is a lot more expensive and taking care of their needs now, give them some safe harbor from their abuse, rehabilitate them. Yeah, that's um, the thing that you said earlier that was that really perked my attention was uh, piqued my attention. Yeah, piqued my attention <laughs> is uh, it was this the early childhood education stuff because that's the stuff you know I, the time that I spent um, in in pediatric hospitals in those in those settings um, it was something that was. You don't. I didn't expect you. Know, you expect to learn about the the diseases and and the and the how trauma is handled by a child's body different than an adult's. But the part that I got in, immersed in that I didn't expect was looking at kids that are they don't have a way out of the cycle that mm-hmm. they're in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one patient in particular. It was this um, morbidly obese six year old. Mm. Boy, and and he was he was in there for you know health related complications. No six year old should have obesity related health complications, mm. but he did. And uh, and I remember um, his mom was in the room, and his and his mom um, opened up her purse and had uh, an entire box of fried chicken in in her purse. Like mm. a, it wasn't like a carrying bag; it was like her purse. Uh, mm. And I just was, and I remember thinking like, how does this kid get out? Yeah. I mean, how how does he have a way out? And mm-hmm. so, it's it's that whole idea of pay me now, pay me later. It's right. it's that stuff is the stuff that the people that I know. I mean, the people um, that I was on that rotation with, and and that when I talk to people about this, that's the stuff that is exciting. The idea of you know breaking that cycle, getting people Absolutely. out of that, so that it doesn't come back later. Not just from an expense standpoint, but just from you know helping <laughs> helping out our fellow fellow humans. You know, to to not you know make decisions that are going to mm-hmm. you know injure them more mm-hmm. later. Well, I, a very interesting point is that I'm very proud of the Florida Chamber of Commerce. Their number one issue this year is poverty. Hmm. Oh, They're good for looking them. at good poverty. For good for them, the Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce, Look because they are basically looking at the, the pipeline from education to the work workforce, mm-hmm. which good makes a lot of sense. And yeah. But they're looking at the beginning of it. Again, the, I call it preventative nature. Looking at the kids who can access the public school system or an education, doesn't have to be the public school system, but private education, but it could access the public education or the private education systems and then be prepared for the workforce. But mm-hmm. they understand early childhood education is very important. Uh, the, the Alice report, which you're familiar with, yeah. uh, Joel, is the basically shows that the, the poverty level in Florida, people, it's a very high percentage, I don't recall the percentage, but it's a very high percentage of people who are one car repair away from poverty. Yeah, 46%, I think 46%, it is. 46%, yeah. one car repair away from poverty. Keep in mind, the average family of four needs an income of $50,000 just to pay rent, just to pay car payments, just to pay insurance, just to pay groceries. Mm-hmm. So, and you don't you don't have that in the, you know, in Orange County. 
Uh, we're blessed to have a lot of people employed, but unfortunately, a lot of these jobs are low-income jobs. And they don't have insurance. They're working 30 hours a week. Some are working three and four jobs. Yeah. So, you know, the poverty, and I'm very proud of the chamber to say we are working as poverty. But again, from the educational standpoint, get these children early, get them educated so they get into the job pipeline. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's it's one of the things that's helpful to me. Personally, when when you're looking at this, it's that whole you know how do you you know eat eat a whale or an elephant? elephant. What's that elephant? elephant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be whales. They are bigger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and, and no one eats donkeys. <laughs> yeah. so, so. <laughs> so, but you know, it's this idea of you know that I mean that's what it feels like when you're looking at you need this much money to survive and you make this much money on minimum wage. So it doesn't even matter if you have two of those jobs. Right. You work eighty hours a week. It's, right. And 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 there's that, and then there's kids who can't get the education in the first place because. Mm. They don't have a stable enough home environment to do right. well. And it's it's just nice to have places where there are actual actionable steps. I mean, again, not to say everyone needs to vote one way or another, but it's it's nice whenever you find some little piece that you say, this thing, this mm-hmm. thing can make a difference yeah. in, this, in this part of it. Um, we're going to have to go to break in a second here, but I know that's not the, the only thing you're involved in just because uh, I read your biography for, I don't know, or your bibliography and your credits for, <laughs> for, for six hours today. So, um, so when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other stuff that you're doing. We'll see you in a few minutes here. Welcome back. This is Dr. Joel Hunter, the old guy. Um, and we have uh, a good friend of mine and one of the most powerful people in our region, Dick Batchelor. And we've been talking about um, Children's Trust Fund more generally, though, about how it's our responsibility to help those who are vulnerable uh, among us. And so um, I can't remember where we were going to go from here, Joel. It's one of the, <laughs> one of the, the uh, problems of being old. I was talking uh, about how, how incredibly long it took me to read through the list of oh, all yeah. the stuff that it, he's involved yes, in. Yeah. And, uh, and I just I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about just uh, a couple of those. That I was going to ask which ones are nearest and dearest to your heart, but then well, the ones you don't mention will probably feel kind of <laughs> left out. So um, uh, tell me about uh, the, uh, the 5K. I mean, I, I, as, a, as someone who runs a 5K uh, over once every two or three years, um, <laughs> I was interested in that. Um, how, that's been going on for a while. What's, what's, that, what's that about? Well, I, before I answer that, if I have to tell you, because you're talking about looking at the, uh, the, the bio and all, so uh, I've been around a long time, so I was invited to speak to Stetson. Uh, they have a... Uh, model senate the students have a model senate and last friday they asked me to speak and i talked to the young lady beforehand and i said you i, I could send you a, an edited bio you know because it's too much stuff she goes no i got it covered well she introduced me she went on and on it's like reading wikipedia <laughs> oh, she went on oh, man so finally i got up and said first of all i'd like to say thank you for inviting me to speak to you tonight and secondly i want to apologize for the length of the introduction i said uh at my age the longer the introduction, the more it sounds like a eulogy. So, <laughs> so the briefer the better. The briefer the better. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Tom, we're coming we're in the clutch the with, the, with the rim shot. That's, the briefer, uh, by, briefer the better. by the way, Dick and I are the same age. We are. Oh, really? We are. Yeah. How yeah. about that? We are very young. Yeah. Yep. Very young. Class we are 66. Young. Uh, the right. 5K you race. You been on that aging commission. <laughs> right. It yeah. could have been. Yeah. It could have been. Legitimately so. The um, the. Run for the Children, we started in 1980, and it was a way, I was running a lot of 5 and 10Ks, not very fast, but I was running them anyway, and I said, you know, why don't we start a run, and we'll give the money to a program to treat abused children. 
So we just started the Dick Bachelor Run for the Children in 1980. We did it for 33 years. Wow. We raised about a million and a half dollars, wow. all of which went to treat abuse children. Mm. And so uh, after 33 years, uh, we're not doing it anymore, primarily because I can't run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to rename it Run from the Children. So I think at this point, <laughs> but I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> from the Children. That's really great. Um, and so you're on, the, there's the uh, there's the Florida Hospital thing that you guys right. do together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, um, is, is everything that you, is, is it all specifically children's, not welfare, but you know, is it all specifically stuff that's directed towards children? Because as I read through, I mean, literally, as I read through, I was like, "There's no way this is like trying to, this is like trying to memorize the capital of every country." Um, but but what's some of the what's some of the other stuff that you find is is uh, you're spending a fair amount of your time on? Is most of it that that uh, the but vote and, on that? As you know, I'm on the Central Florida Commission on Homelessness and chair the Family Homelessness Committee, uh, serving with Joel, and so that gets me more uh, a way to serve all the children. But I, I, I think your dad will appreciate this. Uh, I served, uh, I was fortunate to be appointed uh, by President Clinton to the United Nations Human Rights Commission in Geneva, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And uh, that forum basically is an opportunity for us to debate resolutions condemning countries for mm-hmm. their human rights violations, trafficking in women, trafficking yeah. in children, yeah. child soldiers. I mean, so that was an extraordinary good experience because we debated. Uh, the good news we debated these in the world's view of the world and would put some pressure and some condemnation on these countries. The sad part about it was you you were re, you realize that there's a lot of bad stuff that happens yeah. in this world. Oh yeah, I mean that's a lot of bad it's, stuff it's almost, happens. Yeah, it's almost. I think that's part of the issue. I mean, it's it's almost easier. I mean, there's stuff that's just so repulsive. It's oh, almost easier to to not pay attention to it and just kind of whistle in the dark instead of instead of get you know get your hands dirty and 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 go there. Um, uh, one thing I'm curious, I just have I want to know your opinion on it as somebody who's kind of been you know involved in this both from a political standpoint mm-hmm. and from stuff in the outside community mm-hmm. that's just people banding together to try to help. What do you think the role is of people personally? And politically, and you know, when you're solving problems that are, again, like eating a whale or an elephant, uh, <laughs> um, wh- what what do you think the role is of people, you know, in their churches or in their community groups, or what? Where do you just hand it over and say this is too big? It's political. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, it, I, the, the response I think is this: I encourage people to be involved. There are always ways to be involved. I get approached a lot, and somebody said, "What board should I serve on?" And my first question is, what's your passion? Mm-hmm. You know, what is your passion? Is it children? Is it elderly? You know, you're, uh, Joe, you're involved, too. I'm on the board of Florida Abolitionists, which is mm-hmm. an anti-human trafficking group. That yeah. drives a lot of people's mm-hmm. passion. Uh, there, uh, Whether it's, uh, it, it could be anything, pres- uh, penal reform, whatever your passion is, you know, do get involved. And you, and you really can make a difference. You know, I, as an advocate, I always say there, there are three things you have to have. One, you have to have a passion for what you're doing mm-hmm. because if you don't have a passion for what you're doing at some point in time you become totally ineffective and secondly you got to have a faith that what you're doing makes a difference mm-hmm. because if you don't have faith that what you're doing is making a difference at some point in time you're going to stop and say it's not working and the third thing i say to make some people nervous is you have to be prepared to unapologetically tell an elected official when they're wrong mm-hmm. and the best example of that is the parkland students yeah had that 
shooting had not occurred while the legislature was in session, had those students not have gone to Tallahassee, the legislature, a conservative legislature, House and Senate, would never have passed the bill they passed on guns. That's mm-hmm. right. But so yeah. you've got the passion. They had the passion. They had the faith that it would make a difference if they got there, and they were unapologetic, not mean, not nasty, respectful yeah. to elected officials, but to say, you're wrong. You need to take a deep breath and do the right things. Yeah. That's, that's really, yeah, that's, that's really inspiring. I mean, I think— you know, as as somebody who is, uh, you know, I guess the youngest person at this table, um, which <laughs> you is, don't have to guess. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, is some some reason that you know I I am the also the least influential person at this table by a by a wide margin. Um, I uh, I'm sitting between two people of great influence and just kind of listening, and being like, well, that's really neat. But one of the things that it helps me to realize as you're as you're talking is is that it really does come down whether I mean if for some people it's talking about getting in shape or whatever, but it's that it's just getting involved. It's just doing Absolutely. something. It's finding right. a passion for it and doing that thing that's the first step. Because the truth is nobody gets a a, a CV, a, you know, a resume that looks like yours or looks like yours pop um, overnight. It's it's, oh, it's sure. somebody that just decided every time they had the choice between am I Am I going to do nothing about this thing I care about, or am I going to do something? Just chose to do something. Not even every time, chose to do it most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between, you know, living a life that really is one of influence mm-hmm. and one that helps people mm-hmm. and a life that, you know, uh, is mostly involved in just uh, trying to uh, just eat as many Cheetos as you can. <laughs> right. um, and that's and that's really the way that you help people. It's just a matter of getting out there. Um, I'm so grateful to you for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week here on 1025 at the same time. 